1: Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome
2: to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in, another Equity Bank Series sponsored episode. On Dose of Leadership, great guest today, David Barnes, the Chief Operating Officer and co-owner of Tallgrass Freight Company located up near Kansas City, Missouri in Olathe, Kansas. Really loved my conversation with David. He's, You've heard me say it for time and time again, this show, if, if, if there's any call to action or if there's any theme you've heard me talk about on this show, it's I, I think all of us, as we're pursuing our leadership journey, maybe that's an entrepreneur journey coupled with that, if you are on an entrepreneurial journey, leadership is going to have to come into factor at some point. Every entrepreneur I've talked with, worked with, at some point, you're gonna, if you're going to sustain your business, you're going to have to learn what it means to be a leader. David is what I call the epitome of entrepreneurship. He also epitomizes what we talk about on this show, what I think we all should be striving for, is having this level of intensity, this indomitable spirit, if you will, the tenacity, Coupled with a humble, teachable spirit, and uh, I think David is one of those guys. I talk about it almost on every episode because I, I think it's—I think it is the secret sauce—and David is living proof. He's living it out. We'll let him tell your story in this interview here. But he essentially, in 2015, he found himself coming off a, a consulting gig. Um, he worked himself into, in the right place at the right time, finding these opportunities, preparation, uh, and and taking those opportunities and those doors when they presented themselves. And in 2015, he found himself coming off a consulting gig and becoming the chief operating officer and co-owner of this freight company. And um, again, we talk about the mindset, the discipline, the personal habits that are required for success. And uh, again, it's just a, it's a fun conversation. You'll get some great nuggets, no matter where you're at in your journey, leadership, entrepreneurship, both. Uh, you'll find something of value of listening to David. Great conversation. Show is brought to you by Equity Bank. So happy they've been sponsoring this show over a year now, and it continues to grow. We continue to get great feedback from the Equity Bank audience, and I'm proud to be and honored to be partnered with them. And I'm proud because Equity Bank, I think they really understand, and I know they understand what it takes to start and grow a business. They really are tailored toward the self-starter, to the individual who has that indomitable spirit, coupled with that humble, teachable spirit. It's been exciting to watch them grow into one of the fastest growing banks in the Midwest. Equity Bank is now listed on the NASDAQ exchange. they got locations all across Kansas, They've expanded into Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas, and clearly... I believe that this team at Equity Bank knows how to lead for growth. And so if your bank doesn't have that customer service or you feel like it doesn't have that attention that you need as a business owner, as an individual, as a starter, if you feel like they're more of a follower than a leader, then I want you to work with a bank that really understands your needs. Check out my friends at Equity Bank. Go to EquityBank.com. You can also click on the links on Dose of Leadership, and it'll take you straight to their website. Thanks for listening. Let's join our conversation, great conversation, value-packed with Leadership and Entrepreneurship Nuggets, with David Barnes, the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Owner at Tallgrass Freight Company. David Barnes, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you having me. It's exciting. Normally I do these face-to-face, but with the power of technology, you're on the road in your car, and I'm sitting here in my basement, and we're having this conversation, so thank you for, for having the flexibility to do this. Oh, absolutely. Happy to do it. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you're a Kansas native, right? I mean, uh, did you always find yourself in Kansas City, or were you ever down here in uh, Wichita?
1: No, yeah, actually, I grew up in uh, southeast Kansas, uh, about an hour north of Tulsa, Oklahoma.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, just
1: on the on Kansas side. Uh, it's Caney, Kansas is where I'm from. And then I went to school at Pittsburgh State there in southeast Kansas, yeah. And then moved to Kansas City in uh, 1997 after uh, after my after my college world.
2: Yeah, my dad went to Pittsburgh State. Yeah. yeah,
1: there you go, go gorillas,
2: go gorillas. Very good. Well, what tell me a little bit more about uh, coming out of Kansas or uh, Pittsburgh State? What was the dream then? What were you hoping to, to do or accomplish?
1: Uh, well, to be honest with you, coming out of college, uh, my my goal was just pay the rent, <laughs> right. uh, maybe find a girlfriend. Yeah, you, you know. Uh, you know, coming out, you know, you're young and, and you you know, you've got the whole world in front of you, but you know, you really don't know anything yet. Uh, I'm 47 years old now, and I still don't know a whole lot, but uh, but I found a, a pretty good landing spot uh, here in Kansas City. Kansas City will always be my home. Uh, Kansas City's been very very good to me. It's a very entrepreneurial town. It's an easy town to live in. Um, you know, you can get from one end of to town to another in less than an hour. Traffic's not too terribly bad. You know, I always joke around. People that complain about Kansas City traffic basically just telling me that they've never been anywhere.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, you go out to, yeah, I lived in the Southern California and I've lived in the DC area, and uh, yeah, it's traffic's nothing. Kansas City is a dream. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Very cool. So tell me a little bit uh, quick about the path of, of how you got to um, be the chief operating officer and the co owner of Tallgrass Freight. Been there since 2015, but what was that path generally to get there?
1: Yeah, I uh, you know I tell a lot of folks that I that I won the, the professional lottery early in my career. Um, I don't know anything other than startups. Uh, I've never worked for you know, a big Fortune 500 company. Somebody's established and you know everything is already kind of built and you know you really hope you know you get three percent gains of, of what you did the previous quarters to make the stockholders happy and you know i, I that that world is completely greek to me uh you know coming out of a school at, at a pit state uh, I, I jumped on uh to it, it wasn't necessarily a startup but it was still a high growth company uh imagine if you will back in the day when when People actually paid for long distance. Yeah. Uh, this company, actually, you know, was a long distance reseller. They would go through and buy, you know, a few million minutes from Sprint or MCI or AT and T, and then turn around and then sell that to uh, as, as a member benefit affinity programs, if you will, uh, to those members. And uh, was able to jump in and, and got in as a customer service uh, person, uh, just kind of doing that, learning the ropes. Uh, you know, great company, good people, uh, well managed. Again, you know, fast track, you know, it, it was growing by, by leaps and bounds, but still very much had that, 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 you know, growth, you know, startup feel to it. Uh, and then the owners uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, when they broke up the baby bells and, you know, the dereg, or the regulations came along and broke out of that up. And we went from, you know, paying 15 cents a minute for long distance to three cents a minute. Uh, you know, they got out at a really good time. And my phone rang one day uh from one of the previous owners of that company and he was starting a, a dot-com company and called me up and says hey you know anything about freight And i'm like no he's like i really don't either uh you want to come work over here and, and help me get this thing rolling up you know in 1999 somebody calls you up and says hey you want to work for a dot-com you know you do the cartoon character kool-aid man through the wall uh <laughs> leaving the place uh you know to go over and be able to do that and, uh, you know, that is when, you know, I kind of, you know, cashed my professional lottery ticket, if you will, because I, I started the day before the website launched. So the company was truly at zero revenues, no customers, uh, you know, just kind of hope and a, and a whim. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, May of 1999. And when I left the company in October of 2007, uh, we went from zero revenues, and I think I was employee number seven or eight, uh, to you know, just shy of $400 million in revenue, uh, you know, six, 700 employees, uh, and, you know, was, was was living the dream. So, uh, and, and during that tenure, you know, I had the opportunity to do a lot of different things. You know, I started off, uh, you know, originally I was hired to go through a new customer service, but uh, when there's a delay in the website launch, and you don't have any customers, really kind of no need for a customer service person. So, you know, I did some sales and then. Uh, you know, working my way up to where, you know, as a sales manager and and kind of, you know, managing through that process. And, uh, you know, I remember, and it's cliche to say, but I remember, you know, sitting in a break room with the owner and we would uh, draw up ideas as far as a, a, a CRM or a TMS, you know, kind of a, you know, everything was homegrown there at that company. And we would draw up ideas on a napkin. I'd be like, you know, click this button and go through and do this. And this would help be more efficient based on the way we're doing things today and and literally kind of drawing that stuff up in the dirt. So I I tell everybody I made the logical move from from sales to IT uh, and became a project and a product manager (laughs) uh, and implemented these processes and, and, you know, systems and, and, you know, know, things in place to go through to make the machine, you know, roll, you know, automation and, and technology is a critical part. Uh, especially in a service-based industry that, that 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 I've been in, uh, to where you know, you let the machine you know do what what the machine does, and then you have humans go through and just kind of picking up the M and M's that fall out of the bowl along the way, and then continue to refine and tweak and, and, and change that. So uh, you know I was in the IT department for a, a good portion of, of, of my career there, uh, and then once the system was kind of built and established and, and, and rolling uh, then, you know, the owner came to me again and said, Hey, you know, anything about, you know, this, this pay-per-click Google stuff. And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, me neither. you want to learn? And I was like, all right, sure. So then I made the logical move from, from sales to it and from it uh, over to marketing, uh, and got my AdWords certification and and figured out, you know, some of the SEOs out from pay-per-click and, you know, I did a lot of SIC code analysis and, uh, you know, I was, you know, uh, uh, customer acquisition manager, director, whatever uh, titles weren't ever really a big deal at that place. Uh, <laughs> but I was charge of all all customer acquisition, and, and like I say, learned you know a tremendous amount, uh, and had the, the benefit of having you know a pretty good sized budget. Uh, you know, behind me to where, you know, you you know, budget in that world is a lot because you have velocity behind the numbers. So if you go through and turn them off to the left or turn them off to the right, you can go through and see the effects of that, you know, pretty quickly. So that, that helped kind of speed up my learning curve, uh, on that piece. And, uh, you know, towards the end of 2007, uh, I had some early stock options that I got made whole on. Uh, I had a little bit of a war chest. You know, 2007, I was 35 years old. Uh, you know, my kids were still young. Uh, you know, they really didn't know about Nikes and Lululemon or anything like that yet. So, you know, all they really cared about is, you know, they'd get some peaches if they finished their dinner. Um, so you you kind of that crossroads your life where, you know, I had a little bit of a war chest. And, and again, you know, things were, were, you know, fairly established at home. And I had an opportunity to go out and, and start my own company. Um, and, and I did. Um, you know, I didn't, I never wanted to be one of those guys to where they look back at age, you know, whatever it is, 40, 45, 50, pick a number, pick an age and go, man, I really wish I could have, really wish I would have, you know, I don't want to be one of the Ben brothers, you know, could have been, should have been, um, and then I broke off on my own and started a digital marketing agency here in, in Kansas City um, and grew that and, and uh, uh, was was very fortunate, had a successful exit in that in uh, 2012. I uh, had the golden handcuffs on me for about a year and a half after I sold that company. Uh, and Once those handcuffs came off, uh, then I took you know, a little bit of time off and uh, you know, kind of roamed the earth, if you will, reconnected with my network and had a lot of lunches and dinners and, and uh, uh, you know, five o'clock drinks and then started doing some consulting work uh, because, one, I didn't want to get a real job, uh, and two, uh, you know, I, but I still needed to work because I was starting to go nuts sitting in my house. Um, and then that is how I found, you know, Tallgrass Freight just through my consulting business. They were a company that was very much on the growth, you know, in that startup phase. And I knew the freight industry, you know, very well from a technical standpoint, from a process standpoint. Uh, you know, I, I still had a pretty good, you know, finger on the pulse of how that world works and, and what you can do with it if you do it right. And uh, you know, I did some consulting work for probably about six months and going through and kind of helping, you know, getting get some things lined up. And the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. And uh, again, you know, one of those cliche, you know, sayings, but this is you know absolutely true. Uh, the owner and, and founder of, of, of Tallgrass and I sat down uh, at a steakhouse here in town and literally negotiated me buying in uh, to the company on a napkin. I had to borrow the pen uh, and then wrote it all out and say, well, I know this is where your revenues are. This is this, this is this. And, you know, what if I slid you a check for for this amount, you know, would it be worth, you know, me coming in and, you know, we worked it out. We shook hands on it. And, uh, you know, here here we are, uh, three and 500 awards later. So it's been, it's been an incredible ride.
2: I love that uh, synopsis there was you had me on the edge of the seat and, and what I liked about it. I want to get your perspective on what you think the, the, the constant thread was. Uh, but I love stories and examples of people who, in a sense, reinvent themselves every time they turn around, or not reinvent, or at least when they find opportunities, they just say yes and figure out the details later. Um, you you have uh, a series serious inquisitive mindset. Uh, you're always wanting to learn more. You're not afraid to say no. There's so many things that I was thinking about as you're telling that story. Um, what do you think the common threads were when you kind of look back with with perspective on what made you that ability to 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 get to where you're at? In other words, what were the kind of the marks of success or the, the successful habits that led that led you down this path? The successful journey. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I, I think it really kinda of goes back to, you know, when I joined the dot com in ninety nine, uh, you know, I I had you know an incredible mentor and, and over the years I've had incredible entrepreneurial mentors uh, throughout my career, that those guys that weren't afraid to say no, the guys that that understood what a calculated risk was all about, uh, you know, understand enough of the details to know that either a this deal stinks or, or hey this thing's got real potential, uh, you know, don't overthink it, just jump in. Uh, but but what gave me I guess the courage, if you will, to kind of jump out and, and start you know Sweet Spot, which is my my digital marketing agency, was. You know, I had a front row seat of a company that goes from zero to 300, you million, $400. Uh, I paid attention, took notes, and, and asked a lot of questions. And I also managed in a lot of different departments. You know, I managed over the sales department. I was, I was a project manager and managed over, you know, QA folks and, and developers. And, and, and like I said, had a brilliant mind with, with the owner uh, as far as what he wanted to do, what he wanted to accomplish. But, but he was also nice enough to tell me why. You know, Dave, if you've got a service-based business and you can go through an automate, you know, a lot of the the, the the tedious, you know, data entry, you know, work that, that, you know, A, not a lot of people want to do, but B, it's also you know, kind of expensive uh, to begin with and you just go through and stack your bodies around it. You're never really going to be successful. Um, and, and also, you know, you, you covered that with, and oh yeah, by the way, we want to maintain a quality of life for the people that, that, that are with us, you know. Uh, You know, you you take all those things, you know, with that, and then able to go through and manage over multiple departments. uh, It it takes that fear out of, well, how do you run a business? Well, I understand sales, I understand service, I understand, you know, technology and and the importance of that. Uh, You know, finance wasn't probably my strongest suit, but you know, you want to, you learn that quick and then go through and 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 open up a business. uh, The two words that will always haunt me is cash flow. Uh, you learn that lesson real, real fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but but at the same time, you know, I, I I honestly got to go through and see what it took, you know, to again go from zero to you know X number, hundred million or, or, or seven employees and, and four hundred employees. You know, that that's an incredible learning experience, and especially if you do it eight years. I mean, it's not like I was there for thirty years and you know slow and steady won the race. I mean, we had our foot on the gas and we had it on there hard. Uh, for for you know eight years, solid. Um, it, it would have killed a mortal man. Uh. You
2: know?
1: But at the same time, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was it was fast paced. It was something new every day. You know, I, I appreciated and, and respected the, the challenge. Uh, to where when the opportunity came up, to where, hey, why wouldn't I do this? You know, obviously, I respected the decision that that I made and, and, and understood there are ramifications if it fails and, and all of that. But at the same time, what gave me the confidence was, I saw it, you know, I yeah. did it, I managed yeah. it, you know, I, you know I, I had a ringside seat for the, for the whole fight um, and I knew I could probably take a punch.
2: Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of the special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago, and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest-growing banks by working side-by-side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities, all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ Exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series on Leadership and Entrepreneurship, brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. I think all the great leaders, all the great entrepreneurs, the leader I want to strive to be when I look at, even I look at my modicum of success that I've had in in my life, same thing when I got laid off from the airlines, I had to reinvent myself and you looked at my resume, there's no constant thread from a technical, tactical aspect of the jobs, it was all over the map but the, but the overriding thread or the consistent thread was that I did have internally I have an indomitable spirit you have it in spades you have this level of intensity I think where you don't quit but you also have this this what I'm sensing is this uh, ability or this desire yearning to learn right and I don't know how you I think that's a choice somebody makes I don't know if somebody Born with that, innate with it, taught it, whatever. But it, it, I think it's a requirement, it's a necessity. If you're going to succeed in today's world, you've got to have that combination of an indomitable spirit, a level of intensity, combined with a, a teachable spirit. I sense that in you. What do you think when you hear me say that?
1: Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. I take those as, as all you know, very nice compliments. Um, you know, but at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and you line up, you know, a group of successful entrepreneurs. One, one of the things they have is, is confidence in, in their ability, right? Uh, you know, I'm not a Mensa student by by, you know, in, in any means. Uh, but at the same time, I understand and respect what a calculated risk is. Uh, and, and momentum is another thing. To where you know, I've learned over the years, if you can gain momentum, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. Because once momentum stops, it's tough it's to, to get it going. Yeah. So you know that you learn that lesson over time to where you know you talk about that tenacity and wanting to learn. And, you know, it, it's more, you know, to be honest with you out of fear because I don't want the ball to stop rolling because I know how hard it was to go through and get the ball to move to begin with. I don't want to get in its way and stop it again, or God forbid, have it move backwards because you're really in trouble. So, you know, that, that fear of the ball stopping and or slowing down, you know, kind of drives you to, hey, how do we go through and keep pushing this thing down the hill and then eventually let it roll on its own to where, you know, now we're just kind of, you know, steering it to where, where we want it to go.
2: Yeah, the power of momentum is something that's often overlooked. You're absolutely right. I mean, because once you can keep it going, um, and, and I like how you put that, the fear of of, of stopping or having it stop. Yeah. yeah, it's that healthy fear. I think it's that fear of, um, I mean, I think that's what most people seem to or. or Particularly entrepreneurs, they understand the power of of that momentum and the and the ability of trying to avoid getting yourself in the mud right because it's those out of the getting yourself out of the mud moments are some of the painful life lessons. I think it's necessary i mean it sounds like you've been in some of those in the mud moments, particularly in those eight years, particularly when you said as you put it, you were you know full throttle going balls to the yeah. wall on that thing. What were some of those in the mud yeah. moments in that eight years? Because, I mean, what a, in that eight years you probably saw a lot, like you said. I mean, what right. were some of those in the mud moments in those eight years that, that you can't
1: forget? Yeah, well, I would say, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, and actually I just had a conversation today uh, in an interview with, with the young lady getting ready to join, join uh, the Tallgrass family is, you know, you never know what you don't know. And right. it, never be so lucky to think you know everything, because as soon as you do that, you're going to get killed. Um, so, you know, and we talked about, you know, in, in the interview that I just had not just a couple hours ago is, you know, that momentum is, is something that's incredibly important. But also, you know, every company sheds its skin at, at different intervals. Some with a headcount, you know, a company with 10 employees is much, much different than a company with 50 employees. You know, a company that does a million dollars in revenue is much, much different than a company that does, you know, 25, 30 million dollars in revenue. And if you go through an ad headcount, you know, 50 employees, 75, 100, 150, you know, those are are evolutionary points within your organization to where, you know, what you did with 50 employees is much, much different than what you do and and handle yourself at 100. You know, same way from a revenue standpoint you know, again, kind of depending on what industry you are, what type of, you know, product that you or service that you sell, you know, a million dollars, you can't get away with doing the same things when you go 25 million, and you definitely don't do it at 50 million, and you sure the hell don't do it at 100 million. So, you know, it, it is, you know, really kind of keeping your head on a swivel to where understanding where those bumps in the road are, whether it be HR needs, whether it be benefits, whether it be recruiting, whether it be competition, whether it be, you know, you know uh, disruptions in the market, you know, there, there's a whole lot of things, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll go through and kind of, again, kind of get you in, that, in, in the mud, if you will. But that that's where, again, I've I learned that importance of momentum. You know, yeah, you're going to hit a soggy spot, but if you're rolling fast enough yeah, uh, and, and, you know, have a little bit of foresight of, okay, this is coming and, you know, it's getting ready to hit the fan, uh, you've got enough momentum to kind of take you through that soggy part. Yeah, it'll slow you down a little bit, but you still move. And you go, okay, we learned that lesson, and let's do this. And we need some redundancy in these departments, or
0: you know, headcount,
1: or your whatever it may be. So a kind of a wishy-washy answer, but you know, there there were a whole lot of them. But it was all due to evolution, you know. And and you've got to go through and continue to, to evolve and and have the eyes on it to where. Hey, we can't do it that way anymore. Well, you know, when we used to do it that way and, and, and that way it works, well, we did, but it, but it doesn't work anymore because now look where we are and, and this is where it is. Uh, so not only from where I sit, you know, whether being an owner or, or an executive position, but also, you know, making sure your your team members understand that just because we did it that way yesterday, that doesn't mean we can always go through and do that. And they, they need to also understand that that evolutionary part of, of the business growing as well.
2: Yeah. You mentioned tenacity, which I think is, if uh, after doing 400 of these conversations, that is the overarching theme. I mean, isn't tenacity really the, the difference maker between someone who's successful and someone who isn't?
1: I believe so. Uh, tenacity and, and competence. You know, like I say, you lose your competence, then you're dead in the water. Uh, and, and like I say, one kind of goes hand in hand with the other. Uh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree.
2: How does one become? How does one overcome lack of confidence? We all get faced with it. I'm curious on how how you deal with it.
1: You know, I, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I, I have an incredible network of people. Uh, you know that, that that are around me. Like I said, I'm still in contact with the gentleman that I work for in the .dot com. Uh, I, I was very, very fortunate to be uh, selected to be a part of the Pipeline Entrepreneur Group, uh, which is a, a group of entrepreneurs that is selected once a year. Uh, when I was selected, it was just in the state of Kansas, but now it's grown to Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, and I believe Iowa. Uh, and that's some of the kind of the best of the best, you know, entrepreneurial minds uh, in, in the Midwest, in my opinion. Uh, fantastic, fantastic organization. Uh, you know, and when you surround yourself with good people,
0: uh, you know, you understand
1: that that you know the things that keep me up at night are the same things that keep you know, my fellow pipeline people up at night or even, you know, people being mentors, you know, so the I've been there, you know, I understand that, you know, you're not alone, you know, you're not a failure because you're worried whether or not you're going to make payroll next week or you're not a failure because, you know, you're hitting this bump in the road. We all go through it. And, and when, when you understand the people that you look up to and you really respect and, and, you know, you, you see, you know, what they've accomplished and you sit down with them over, you know, a cocktail or, or a breakfast or whatever it may be, and they nod their head to go, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you the ass kick I tip on this. And, and they have a very similar story. You know, it, it doesn't it, – it picks you back up because, again, you know, even the biggest, brightest, and smartest, you know, have, have taken their beatings, and, and, and they still, you know, still walking, talking, and, and, and doing it today. And, and therefore, you don't feel as lonely. You know, the entrepreneurial world can be a very lonely place, if you don't have the right people around you. And, and that is something that we're, you know, again, I'm incredibly, incredibly blessed to have is a whole lot of really smart people around me that, that have taken the lumps and taken the same beatings I have. And have said, yeah. And, 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 you know, you've just earned another stripe there, junior, uh, keep going and, and you're going to earn another one here pretty quick. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
2: right. Well, yeah, the,
1: the, but, but that's what it is.
2: The power of that authentic network is, can't be understated. I mean, or overstated. I mean, it's, it's, um, Something that is everybody has to to come to grips with, how intentional have you been, and what do you do to build that network?
1: Um, you know I like i say i th- that's another kind of momentum inertia thing is you know started and 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 again you know the gentleman I worked with at the dot com you know helped and you know very first started the marketing company with somebody I can bounce off of and then then you know and you just kind of meet people along the way of. You know, hey, you know, do you know so and so? They're kind of in your space or they've been, you know, through the same issues. And then, you know, the pipeline organization helped me a lot because that was a true, you know, mentorship type of program uh, to where, you know, that, that's kind of a built in deal to where mentors are there, fellow entrepreneurs are there. So, like I say, you want to talk about lottery tickets. Me getting into that was a big one because that, that was built in support, you know, really kind of from day one. Uh, and then, then that helped again, with well, you know, this person, you know, this person and it just kind of organically grows. Uh, but you know, keeping your, keeping your head about you. you know, don't get cocky. Uh, you haven't done anything yet. Uh, and then, you know, likability, I mean, you know, right, wrong or indifferent, if people like you, they will help you. Uh, you know, if you're a, you know, uh, you know, a cocky jerk, then you're going to get left on the sidelines and <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get a whole lot. Of uh, luckily, uh, you know uh, that 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 small town blue collar you know attitude that I have. You know people you know liken to me, and, and like I said, I was very fortunate. They liked me enough to where let me help you out here. You know, call this person, call that person, or, or just let me give you some advice right here. Um, you know, this is how you go through and, and work some, through something like that. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's been very organic, but you know, entrepreneur, it, it's 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 almost a fraternal a thing. We all understand each other's pain. You know, we've all had that fear of payroll, not clearing. We've all had that fear of this deadline not being hit. You know, hey, we got this great big customer, you know, wonderful. Now, how do we go through and execute and do that? You know, th- those are all similar pains uh, that, that we all go through in some form or of, of another. And like I say, once you've felt that pain, uh, you, you want to go through and help help out, you know, the other guy to to kind of ease through that pain and go, you'll live. But here, here's how you go through it and not have to suffer through that again.
2: Yeah. I love that. What about your own personal habits of success? What do you do? What, do you, what are you doing to constantly improve yourself?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I pay attention. You know, I, I listen. Uh, you know, there's always opportunities out there. You know, like I say, you, you stay in touch with your network and, you know, and like I say, it, it's great to just, obviously, they're good people and, and it's good to, you know, meet with them and talk with them and, and have that. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm always looking for the, for you know another deal, another opportunity, whether it be from an investment standpoint, whether it be, you know, an advisory role, you know, a, a board seat, you know, or, or just, you know, what, this, this kid over here has got the world of talent and, and the world of potential. He just needs a little boost. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy that. And then with those type of things come along, there, there are opportunities, again, whether it be, you know, from a monetary standpoint to be able to go to the next level or just, you know doing the right thing and, and helping somebody out and just feeling good as a human being, uh, you know, that, that's pretty nice too. But you know, the world's full of opportunities. If you know somebody knocks on the door, uh, answer it. Uh, cause you never know what's going to be behind
2: it. I love that. That's a, you know, say, I'm almost a firm believer of saying yes to whatever opportunity presents itself, even though it doesn't seem ideal, because you never know where it's going to lead you. I've, I've heard a few people yeah. say that along the way, and I'm a big believer of that. Like, oh, but the opportunities, the opportunities in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, I don't want to live in Omaha. I'll say yes to it anyway, right? Uh, that's kind of my oh, yeah. philosophy
1: on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you say yes and you get a little deeper in the door. And maybe it isn't your cup of tea or your Arab expertise or something you can go through and help with. But, you know, but I know a guy. You know, and, and right. I know some people in Omaha, you know, this is maybe something that a little bit more in their wheelhouse, you know, they might be able to stroke a bigger check or, or, you know, get you in contact with the right people that's going to help you. You know, I'm happy to go through and do that because again, a lot of people did that for me and I'll never, ever forget it. Uh, and, and I always want to be able to kind of represent them well and, and kind of continue to pass that torch.
2: Yeah. Well, Dave, this is exciting for me. You've accomplished a lot uh, in your 47 years. What's next for you? What are you excited to see? What, what's what's in the future?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I've got, you know, lightning in the bottle here with, 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 tall grass. Um, you know, we're, we're very much in that high growth, uh, mode, uh, and we'll continue to be, you know, for the next couple of years, uh, as far as what we want to be able to accomplish in expansion and, 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 growth within this. Uh, so, you know, right now my, you know, I'm very focused on, on, on tall grass break and, and taking that to the next level. Uh, but, you know, beyond, is you know a, a possible exit, you know, and if the right things go through and happen, then, then that that's always a possibility. Uh, you know, everything's for sale. Uh, it's just a matter of if somebody willing overpay for it. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but you know, as you go through and hit kind of that, you know, that next level is, uh, you know, again, what what kind of go through and do. And be an asset in, in the entrepreneurial community. Again, is, is it a little bit more consulting, uh, you know, mentorships, advisory boards? You know, I, I truly enjoy it. Again, I, I know nothing other than startups. I mean, it's a, almost a glutton for punishment, but, uh, but I love it. And, and, and I'll always be involved in, in that world in some form or another. So if I'm able to go through it again, get, get another exit to where, you know, I, I don't necessarily, quote unquote, you know, have to work and, and, and not have to worry about those things, uh, you know, I'm not going to go sit in a rocking chair. Uh, you know, I, I, like to go through and see investor pitches and, 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 you know, look at those investor decks and, you know, what's out there and what can be, you know, helpful, uh, whether, you know, I, I'm in a behind a desk and in an office helping, or, you know, again, cutting a check and, and call this person, call that person. Uh, you know, I always have an involvement, uh, in that level. So I'm not stopping anytime soon. Um,
0: you know, like I said,
1: I, I, idle time is not good for me. I, I got to stay busy. You know, I, get, I, I get on, I get on my, my family's nerves way too much if I'm not busy. So, <laughs>
2: Well, I see it. I, I look forward to see what the next 47 years brings, David. This has been a fun conversation. I look forward to staying in touch, and uh, I'm glad to have you part of the Dose of Leadership Circle. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend.
1: I appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: Hey! Thanks for listening to this special entrepreneurial and leadership series, "The Dose of Leadership," brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Make sure to subscribe to "Dose of Leadership," where you can hear more great stories in this unique and special series. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a listen to all of my "Dose of Leadership" podcasts, all of my episodes, and see why Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine all recommend this as a must-listen. "Dose of Leadership" features candid conversations with amazing guests, leading high-performing experts, and organizations large and small all over the world find dose of leadership on itunes google play and stitcher and go ahead and visit doseofleadership.com where you can find out more information about the show myself my speaking engagements my keynotes live seminars and my mastermind events thanks for tuning in and have a great day